When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. And then they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, so I hid. In the beginning, before the fall of mankind, we read that God came into the garden to converse with Adam and Eve. But that particular evening, they were afraid and could no longer feel the freedom that they had had to talk to God, as they had done so many times before. They had disobeyed God by eating the forbidden fruit. The time of natural conversation with God had ended. There had been no need for prayer in the first days of creation, God and man, between God and man. But Adam had brought that separation. So man could only communicate to God through prayer from that evening on to this day. Adam once had seen God and enjoyed his time of chatting with him. Now God had hidden his face from Adam and all of us by our sin. This had made God invisible to us. And it is only by faith and through Jesus that we can come in prayer to talk to him. God still continued to talk to his people, but they couldn't see him. Throughout the Old Testament, many great men of God listened to him and obeyed his laws and instructions. And God chose Abraham, Jacob, Joseph, Moses and many other leaders to help his people, the Israelites. And generally, the people held these great leaders in respect and tried to follow life's instructions that God had imparted to each of the leaders. Animal offerings became a way of purification so they would sacrifice the animals to be able to worship God, feeling cleansed from their sin. As Christians living in the 20th century, we are now purified and cleansed through the blood of Jesus, the final sacrifice. Jesus was always communicating with his Father. God and Jesus <coughs> used many ways of, 
um, sorry, I'm going to start that again. Jesus was always communicating with his Father God. And Jesus used many ways of praying. He gave his disciples examples as to how to pray. We can open the Gospels and read of Jesus praying to his Father on many occasions. Jesus also used warnings about praying. (coughs) Matthew 5, verses 6 and 7. He was telling them not to be like the hypocrites, the Pharisees, who made a great deal of praying. He said, don't make an exhibition when you're praying. And don't babble on and on, using loads of words just to impress. In our old church where we used to go, we had a word for people who went on and on in prayer. We called them Hoover prayers, because by the time they finished, there was nothing left for anybody else in the group to pray for. Not a good example. I'm sure they were lovely people and they meant it really well, but it was frustrating for those that wanted to pray and felt they'd already been prayed for. The Lord's Prayer (coughs) is a way to ask for our daily needs a prayer for deliverance of sins, being forgiven, and offering forgiveness to others. And um, it um, also helps us here on earth to live with God's kingdom values. And we need it more and more, don't we, in this day and age, especially after hearing the news this week, how the kingdom of God's values aren't respected at all and things are done in the name of religion but we have a relationship we aren't in religion we are in a relationship with an almighty God then there are the healing and deliverance prayers throughout the four gospels Jesus chose 12 men to be his first disciples And they, in turn, became his greatest friends. And they were eager to learn from him and accompany him. Never more so than in the Garden of Gethsemane. Luke 22, verses 29 to 46. We read the account of Jesus going into the Garden of Gethsemane with his friends. And his friends, so willing yet falling asleep, not just once, but twice. The kind of prayer that Jesus used in the Garden of Gethsemane, we call it travailing in prayer. Interestingly, that it is in a garden, and it was also in a garden that God first communicated with man. In this garden... Jesus knew that the time had come to complete God's plan for sending him to earth. To put all that had gone wrong in the Garden of Eden, the Garden of Gethsemane, would offer a way to put things right between man and God. Jesus needed his friends with him at that time of great sorrow. We all need trustworthy friends 
we share our faith in times of great need. We were not created to be in isolation. Yes, there are times when we need to be alone, like Jesus needed to get away across the lake. But when we come together in this chapel, we come as friends of God to worship him as a body. And prayer is simply speaking to God as our friend. We all have this one thing in common, however individuals we are. And this begins to break down the barriers to prayer as a body of believers. I'm not pretending that prayer in a group is easy. It takes time. In the house groups and Sunday evening prayer, there is a flowing prayer because the barriers of getting to know the people have been erased. People have been able to grow and learn <coughs> how to pray together. But when we all come together to pray, we have to learn to accept one another in a different capacity because of the size. We may not know everybody as well as we know our friends in the house group. But it is important for as many of us to come together more regularly to pray as a church. So the third part of this talk is looking at Paul and practical ways of praying. Paul was an encourager. He was always encouraging the churches to pray. The Holy Spirit had come and he was their helper. And it, was the, and it is the Holy Spirit who enables us to pray today. We have never seen God or Jesus as some of the early church had met with Jesus and missed him dreadfully when he returned to heaven. But Jesus had promised his Holy Spirit would come and dwell in the hearts of believers. Ephesians 6 verse 18 says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. What will our requests be for our chapel in Hurstman Zoo? And 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 16 says, Be joyful always, praying continually and giving thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you, for us, in Christ Jesus. And as I said before, it's always a good start to any prayer by giving thanks even though our circumstances might be difficult. There is always something we can be thankful for. This would lift off any heaviness and stops us dwelling on ourselves too much when we come together. We can put our focus on the Lord and give him all the thanks, the glory and the honour. And in Jude... Verse 20, 
Jude writes, but you, dear friends, build up yourselves in your faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. We can ask the Holy Spirit to inspire our praying and show us what to pray for. We then begin to build one another up all being of one thought and mind in the direction of the Holy Spirit. There is a gift of praying and there is a gift of praying in tongues. This is a form of a request type of prayer. If you find it difficult praying out aloud or difficult praying in a group, there will be time later on for ministry and you can ask people to pray for you for these different gifts. So to sum up <clears throat> on some of the thoughts for how we come together as a body to pray. We have to start somewhere and Sylvia has a very practical way of praying and she's going to come kindly and endeavour to explain it to us. Um, we talked a while ago in a church meeting um, about how we could communicate better between ourselves and with God. And one of the suggestions was that we would start a prayer chain. So that is one of the practical things to, to come out of what Jenny has been talking about. Um, the idea is that... Um, we're hoping that we will be able to all meet together and pray as a fellowship. But there are times when somebody needs prayer and needs the prayer of the whole fellowship, but we're not physically together. So the idea is that you would allow your name to go onto a list so that if somebody has a particular need, perhaps they've fallen ill or they've had to go into hospital, or they've heard of a family emergency, or a neighbour who desperately needs help, then they can contact the person at the head of the chain, which will normally be Jim and Jenny, and they will then spread it to three people, which would normally be John and Helen Ford, myself and Jane as part of the oversight. And then we would then go down the list and we would phone the next person and then that person would take the message, pass it on to the next person. And so very quickly, everybody knows that there is prayer need and can actually pray. So that's the idea. There is no compulsion. Anybody who doesn't want to participate, I'm not going to come around beating you over the head to, to sign up. But I have got my, my large book with me today and I will just be coming around and saying, would you like to be included so that you can pray for people in the fellowship when there's a need? And which phone number is the most sensible one to get hold of you on? Because I know there are, most of us have got more than one phone number um, and the list's not going to be any good if we're phoning a number that's not, not any use during the daytime or whatever. So that's the idea, and I will be trying to catch as many of you as possible before you disappear. Um, but please do 
come and approach me and do spread the word to those that aren't here today that that's what we want to do and want to get this up and running. Thanks very much. Thank you, Sylvia. <clears throat> so I hope that's clear. Did you all understand that? Quite clearly then. Joe will know from St Helens, because we were in St Helens together at one stage, how quickly that filtered down. And twice our little baby, first of all, he had pyloric stenosis and had to be rushed into hospital at 10 days old, which was quite scary for me as a mum. He had to have two operations, but that was travelling down the prayer train, and that really just put me in a good place as a, a mum with a new baby. And then again, before he was one year old, he caught meningitis. And I just happened to see one of our, our members' sons with his bike going up Slip Road. And I said, can you get back, tell your mum, get David on the prayer train. He's got meningitis. And again, I felt absolutely uplifted by prayer. In fact, one lady came up to me and said, you just look radiant. And I thought, do I? I thought, well, that's got to be God. <laughs> So we know that this church prayer chain is vital and has really good outcomes. <coughs> I'll just try and find where I've got to. So here's some thoughts for you. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just putting some thoughts out because it's we're a body. Jim and I might be looked upon as leaders of the church, but we, we have one with you and we really want this prayer to happen but not tell you how it's going to happen. So here's some suggestions for you to go away with. But if you could give me feedback, my email is gembev at outlook.com. It would be good if you say, I don't agree with it, you said it all wrong. I do agree with it, absolutely with you. It doesn't matter, I just, we just need to know your thoughts, so we're all moving together. So what I've looked at is perhaps a prayer breakfast before the church service once a month. And that is an early start, but I'm sure we'll see great fruits as we come together. That's one of the things. Looking at a half night of prayer or an afternoon of prayer following um, a church lunch and then staying on for some prayer together. So that's just a few ideas that I had. You may have your own. Um, we will have some time for mercy. I think that is actually a little bit slow. But we're going to sing our final song. And then if you'd like ministry or you'd like to talk about prayer, or you want to just pray with one another before you go in for refreshments. I'm sure the need's here. Um, we prayed with somebody before the service this morning. We've all got needs, haven't we? And it's so hard to go up to somebody. Some of us can do it, but others can't, and just ask for prayer, because that's what God must be just longing for us to do. So we're going to close with Father, hear the prayer we offer. Then there's going to be a time of quietness for you to reflect or people will be available for ministry um, to ask for the gift of prayer if you feel you haven't got it. And then Jim will close with a blessing.